my audience who is listening. Um, it's the month January of Martin Luther King. Uh, and probably getting around to be Black History too. So I don't know. I'm thinking I might actually combine this segment into two things at once. So, in black history, oh my, in black history, today, who is prominent, who really is a prominent black person besides Dr. Cornell West? I'm, I'm just to stimulate that thought, and I should probably have that knowledge uh, already, you're right. So, all right, maybe this isn't such a good idea. <laughs> but Cornell, Dr. Cornell West uh, I catch him every now and on, and on Facebook. Um, and um, who's, who's, who's prominent in the field you work in? Who's black and prominent in the things that you do? You know what I'm saying? Like John Singleton, he's passed away. Um, Bill Duke, hope he's still with us. Um, you know, that kind of thing. Oh my God, other prominent black figures now. Who are they? Where are they? Then I'm thinking again back to Martin Luther King. So Martin Luther King uh, led the civil rights movement back in the 60s or the 50s. The riots and all those stuff like that. Oh my God, all that stuff. I recall that. I, I mean, not that I was there. But when I used to live in L.A., they used to do the, um, like, they used to have black history, uh, uh, like, for, like, for a day, like, a day, like, they just, and they would just run, like, a documentary films and different uh, newsreels that literally just showed the entire, like, I guess, six o'clock every other week or every six o'clock, there was a rise, there was a riot situation where the firemen would hose off blacks and dogs snapping at everybody or biting people and stuff like that and kkk chasing folk or whatever so we slightly changed from that but the thing with it was is that crt became a real realization and so with that came the intellectual approach to being racist and so what they really wound up doing was is they found that, that another angle to it so then now what we got is a racism that uh, intelligently attacks you. So they don't walk up and say, nigger this, nigger that. They, in the shadows now, they know how to sneak around and hide and get you and stuff like that. They know how to come up with, oh, your kind are not wanted here. If they say that, that's not being racist. Unless the judge picks up on it. <sighs> Which with CRT, they don't critical race theory. So then it makes you think, have we overcome? And that's the question now. Every time this time comes, if I said it before, have we overcome? And we're overcoming, but we have not overcome. We have not truly reached the mountaintop. Martin, uh, 
in, I guess, an epiphany, in meditation, in prayer, the Lord allowed him to see the paradise that could be. But what we've got right now is a dystopia. And the utopia that I believe Martin saw, I think that's what we need to work toward. That's what I think a lot of people, that's what the uh, uh, my friends of the Planetary Society are trying to do. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to free the hungry, uh, 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 shoe the children, and so on and so forth. And get rid of this prejudice, get rid of this, this discrimination, get rid of all these bad things. But I also said to one of my friends that in we, if we do do that, man will no longer be man. Because for man to, utopia is just another word for Genesis, really. The paradise that we once were in. So if man in himself can change into what he wants to truly be, which is a much, much better entity, a, a being, he won't be man anymore. I don't want to know what he'll be. Maybe he'll be the term human being instead of man. Or some other term for man. But man won't be man if, or humanity won't be humanity if it finds a way to live in a utopian way. Or even a sliver close to that. Um, little changes. Little changes. And uh, like I said, um, we've lost Sidney Poitier. Um, so glad we still have, I'm so glad that we still have Harry Belafonte. <laughs> so who was a part of the movement as well? So, um, I don't know. JC Homelander. Overcoming HD. Uh, how about that? Uh, I got to thinking about something that uh, I guess everybody else kind of slightly goes, well, if you just get food stamps, you got it. So it says food security. Food security. Because I'm having a hot dog and, I, and I've got my three squares in. So I made myself a couple of hot dogs, poured some brown mustard on that. It says food security. Okay. So you've got food stamps and you got to qualify for that. You're going to take it. It takes time to get it. Da -da 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 -da. But if you start working a job, they minimize your food stamp amount to like $25. And like even less, the more you make till zero. Okay, you getting it? Okay, now, going forward now from food stamps, now, your food stamps don't carry you through the entire month. So, you take what you use, you get the select items you like to get with the food stamps. Then you go to the different food pantries. Now, you work 9 to 5, essentially. So, your schedule doesn't always permit you to take a break from... That's right. From work to go and get 
food, food to eat. And sometimes your schedule doesn't even permit you to have lunch, although you have money in your pocket. You'll work a 16-hour day, and if you're lucky, you get home in that day, in that day, and have something to eat. You know, or you can order. And then the, what makes it worse is some situ work situations don't allow you to order food or go to the cafeteria when you need to. <laughs> food security. So what I'm thinking is we need to make this whole situation completely convenient and more accessible to all people working, disabled, whatever. A strong America is a well-fed America. J.C. Homelander, feed America, HD.